now, from beyond our dimension, this is the Jeff Mara Podcast. Here's Jeff. My guest is Anne Howe, who during her near-death experience saw white horses and became one with God, and today we're going to learn about it. Anne, thank you so much for being my guest and welcome. Hi, yeah, thank you. Yeah, so my first and only near-death experience happened when I was two years old. Uh, I remember the near-death experience really well. Um, obviously, I was very tiny, so I don't remember the day too well. But I do remember that the atmosphere was really positive and upbeat, and everybody was really happy. It was a hot, sunny day. I live um, in the UK in Cumbria and we don't get a lot of hot sunny weather so when we do get hot sunny weather people tend to come out and about and really make the most of it and on this particular day my mum and her neighbours I'm one of six children so at the time me and my twin sister were two years old my little brother was a tiny baby my older sister would have been about four or five and I've got two siblings who were about 10 years older. So they are they would have been in their early teens. And on this particular day, mum and some of our neighbours who also had young children decided that we would go to the river. We've got a river just across the road from our home and it's got a nice little sandy bay with it. So I always think of it a little bit like a mini beach. And we all went down there and you know everyone was playing and having a nice time. Some At some point when my mum was feeding my little brother, I must have followed my siblings into the water. And my mum had put taken her eyes off me for a second, looked up and could see that my sun hat was floating in the water. So she put my little brother down, ran into the water, scooped me out, got all my siblings together and just took us all straight back home. She said, I'm, I must have only been under the water for seconds because I was absolutely fine. But she was obviously very upset what happened and she held me in her arms and cried for hours. All of my siblings, apart from my younger brother, because he was so tiny, they all remember that day because it was so traumatic for them because you know mum was so upset um, about what had happened. But I remember the day for different reasons. So whilst I was under the water, I, my spirit was above the water and I was surrounded by white horses to the right of me and white horses to the left of me. Now, these white horses, they were running. They were running with urgency and I could feel that that urgency was for me. But I wasn't disturbed by that urgency because I was a part of this really powerful, loving energy. I was enveloped in the most unconditional love, euphoric bliss. And I use the word euphoric because those feelings I was feeling were euphoric. They they were so powerful. And I would say that I could almost explode because of how powerful that love was. It it was every possibility positive emotion you could possibly think of and there was um, angelic music as well and I have heard the angelic music since so I'm quite familiar with that music but it was lovely angelic music 
and I could see my family in the distance on the shore and they looked so much, everything looked so much brighter than it would have been. And they felt like they were a million miles away, but also I could see them so clearly, you know, as clearly as if they were right in front of me. And I remember when my mum pulled me away from that place and I felt this feeling of anger. And I don't know if I felt anger because I'd just been taken from this beautiful, peaceful, loving place into kind of a cold, vulnerable place. And there was a part of me that was perhaps angry that I was taken away from that place. But equally, I do wonder if this world feels angry compared to that place. So I've never forgotten that experience, but I never knew what it was until my mid, early to mid twenties. For many, many years, I had believed that drowning was just a really beautiful experience. I believe that happened to everybody when they drown. Um, I remember when I was about, 10 years old and we were sat at the dinner table and my family were talking about what happened and how awful that was and they all laughed at me because I said well I thought I was flying mm. and um I've never been scared of water it's just I love water I think water is very healing I, I love being around water Um, it was when I got to my mid to early 20s and I think I'd watched two or three near-death experiences on YouTube. And that made me think, I wonder if what I had experienced was some kind of energy that was protecting me from that. And then it became just a knowing. I knew that I had had a near-death experience and I've had experiences throughout my life, um, particularly with source energy, with God. And I do believe that I became one with God when I was floating above the water and those euphoric feelings that were so powerful was my oneness, my wholeness with God. So that was my first and only near-death experience. Thank you for sharing that with us, Anne. So when you remember that experience today, is it just as real as it was when you were two years old? I, I could never feel that I couldn't feel the energy at the level that I felt when I was there, but I'm very aware of it. So I can remember it, but I couldn't put myself back there because that energy was so powerful. I, I don't know that the human body is even able to withstand that. So I, even throughout my life, I think I do experience times when I'm reminded of that energy, but on a much lower level. So sometimes I feel like I'm being embraced in like a, source energy loving energy and that's just like a little snippet like I'm being reminded every so often of that feeling but never to the level that it was I understand that you don't fear water or I don't even think you fear drowning do you know do you fear death at all I have absolutely no fear of death and actually not from that experience because I didn't understand that experience for a long time but because of experiences that I've had later in life um, because experiences I've had with the spirit world. And I know without a doubt that there is life after death. So I have zero fear of dying. Do you have any abilities that could be considered psychic? I think so. Yeah. Um, I've had 
experiences throughout my life with family members who have passed away in dreams um, and also um, just through my intuition. I've had experiences with angels in the spirit world. I've had more experiences with God energy and I've had experiences, really beautiful experiences with animals that have passed away. So I do think I have got some abilities. I think I am still learning about those and still trying to find my way a little bit, but um, things kind of get sprung upon me, really. I, I have really beautiful experiences and sometimes I don't even know how I can be so blessed to have them. All right. Well, can you tell us about some of the other experiences you've had? Yeah, so I would be here all day if I focus on all of them, but so I'll try and focus on my experiences with God. Um, my next experience I had when I was about 11 years old, we were raised Catholic Christian. So until until I was 13 years old and my mum let me choose if I wanted to continue to attend church and I chose not to. And um, so I don't follow a religion anymore. Um, as a child, I found church quite boring. So on this particular, at this particular service, the priest was talking about uh, a lady called Mother Teresa. And I was really interested in what he was saying about Mother Teresa. And she, he was talking about all the good things that she's done. She's um, really, she lived to serve other people. She helped people that um, were in poverty and children and things. And I remember listening and being really engrossed in what he was saying and thinking to myself, that's what I want to be when I grow up. I want to be a good person. I want to help people. And then I felt this really powerful, loving energy embrace me. And it told me, it made me feel that that's exactly what I would do, that I would help people, that I was, and that I would be protected kind of throughout my life. And it was such a beautiful energy and kind of throughout my life, uh, like teenagers, throughout school, when I was struggling with schoolwork or I was struggling with friends and I was worried about things, I would be reminded of that loving energy and I'd be reminded that I'd always be okay. So it really helped me get through challenging times. I was really blessed. I had a wonderful upbringing, but, you know, typical school things. Um, that energy stayed with me and it would, when I was struggling, it would remind me that, you know, I'm always safe and I would all, I'm always going to be okay. I find it strange that I'd never shared that experience with my family because we're very, very close and we talk about everything. And it wasn't really until I had finished writing my book and I was reminded of that energy and I kind of reflected, I wonder why I didn't share that experience with my mom or my siblings and, and talk about, you know, perhaps they might have had a similar experience. And Spirit kind of remind, helped me to understand that they were a part of me, of discouraging me from sharing that experience with my family and friends because because they hadn't had the experience themselves, they might not quite understand how special it was for me and how powerful it was for me. And when I, sh if I'd shared the experience, perhaps their response, perhaps their response to it might have been, they might have kind of dismissed it or thought of it as, as nothing. And that might have then 
made me think that it wasn't that special an experience and then kind of block it out and push it to the back of my mind. So they helped me to remember that energy feeling when I needed it, but they put it aside at times when I was, I guess, with family and friends and didn't encourage me from sharing it with them. So I would say that was my second experience with that really, really loving energy. Between the ages of kind of 17 and 28, I began to have really lovely experiences with angels and uh, with family members in the spirit world. But I kind of didn't think about God very much at all. I knew that there was a God. I knew that God existed, but I kind of thought, well, I will, you know, I'll never know God until I die. Um, you know, that's, that was my belief then. When I was 28 years old, um, I had what I would say was my third experience with source energy. And then there was another two that were really quite, I think were really quite profound. Um, so this experience was November 2019, um, and it was actually in a dream. Anyone who's had spiritual dreams will say, you know, you know, when you've had a spiritual dream, the difference between a spiritual dream and a normal dream. And in this dream, I was holding a baby boy and he had blue eyes and I was looking at this baby boy and he was looking at me and we were just enveloped in this incredible, unconditional love. And I could have been there, Jeff, for a thousand years. I could have been there for five seconds. There was no concept beyond that love bubble that me and this baby boy were in and this male energy came from behind me and he I'm not going to share right now what he said because he kind of he told me something that would happen in my future and that does involve other people in my life so I kind of think it's not fair for me to share it if they aren't aware of it yet but you'll get the gist of it so this male energy came from behind me and he said, he told me something that was going to happen in my future. Now, at that point, 28 years old, I was very much, I had a plan for my life and I wanted it to go a certain way and things would happen how I wanted them to happen. And what he had told me wasn't part of my plan. So I kind of argued back with this male energy and I said, no, that can't happen you know, we need to do this, I need to do that, this and that, I need to get this done before that happens. And he then done this lovely chuckle. Um, and then I came out of the dream and I was aware that that was quite a profound, beautiful dream. And I kind of pondered on it. And then by this point, I've got to the point where I, I know that when spirit gives me an experience, it's okay for me to say, I'm going to give that back to you. And, and when you're ready to help me understand it better, when the time is right, I know that I will understand it better. So I've done that. And then about eight weeks later, this will be, I think it was January 2020. So I'll be, I would be 29 by this point. And I was relaxing in the bath and I went into a vision. In this vision, a giant hand came down from the sky and my hand, which was tiny in comparison, um, I put my hand into this giant hand. It was the same male energy that was in the dream. And this male energy then showed me a white door and the white door was very slightly ajar. Through the crack in the door, there was a white, 
beam in white light. And he showed me this and I was, I think I was a little bit confused by what he was showing me. So he then said, I'll add in a cell phone for good measure. And he chuckled as he said this, and he added in this great big giant cell phone. And it was like one of them, you know, really old fashioned, big, big mobile phones. And then I came out of the vision and I thought to myself, that was quite a profound vision. And I recognized that that male energy and that chuckle was the same energy and the same chuckle that I had the dream experience with. So I wrote it down. I've got a little note back in a notebook and I, I tried to write down all my spiritual experiences. So I wrote it down in there and I wrote next to it, God, question mark. So by this, I had, I'd felt that what I'd experienced was source energy, but I wasn't 100% certain. So then I would go on to have my third experience. And this one was really important because this clarified that, that my male energy was God. So in this experience, I was relaxing on the bed. This again was about six weeks after the second one. And I was taken into a vision. And this is my absolute favorite vision because I was, I would say I was very much my spiritual self. I was skipping along a path. I was very childlike and playful. And I was very happy because I knew that I was going to see God. And I was skipping along. And then this gnome-like man appeared and he said to me, are you going to see him? And by him, I knew that he meant God. And I said, yes, I am. And he was taken aback by that. He, I could feel that he was shocked that I was going to see God. And that really made me feel quite special. It made me feel that, you know, not everybody gets to have this experience and I'm the special one that's going to see God. And I did feel that I could, I could have grown 10 feet taller in that, that moment. And then God appeared in front of me and he, I couldn't tell you what God looked like because either I haven't been allowed to remember or he just didn't manifest any form. But I know that he was a great big energy in front of me and he had a fairy being on what I would say would have been his shoulder length, but his shoulder length was much bigger, much bigger than I was. And he directed me to look to my right and when I looked to my right there was a brown suitcase and in the suitcase stood Jesus. Now I knew that was Jesus because I had had a vision much earlier with Jesus so I knew who that was and Jesus gave me this really lovely soft smile. I knew that what God was showing me was that I was about to go on a journey and Jesus was going to come on this journey with me but really in that vision I I wasn't that interested in Jesus. I only wanted to be with God. So I looked back at God and I said, are you coming? And God and the little fairy being with him, they chuckled, kind of chuckled at my innocence because of what I had said. And I, I felt that I was quite offended that they were laughing at me. And as I was coming out of the vision, I was saying to myself, I was really berating myself, actually, and saying, what a silly question, what, what a silly thing to say. Of course, God is coming. God is everywhere. And then I was out with a vision. Um, so that was my third one that really clarified my suspicion after the second vision that 
the energy I was experiencing was God. Um, I have had another experience as well, which I think is really beautiful. And I would like to share that as well, if that's okay. Let me get a few questions in first. When you have your visions, how do they happen? So when I go in any any vision that I've had with God, I, it's literally like a click of the fingers. Quite often I'll be, I'll be very relaxed. So it always happens when I'm in the bathtub or I'm on my bed and I'll be very relaxed. And it's just like, I'm here and then I'm in another world. I'm not aware of, I'm not aware of here. I'm not aware of my human form. I'm not really thinking about past or future or anything. I'm just very much there in the vision. Um, some In some of the visions that I've had, um, I can be aware that, for example, I'm lying on the bed, but I can feel my spirit kind of getting up and leaving. And sometimes when that happens, I can feel a bit um, like dizzy or disoriented at first. And I need to kind of almost ground myself when I'm come out. And, and I am aware in those visions that I am that I am, my body's on the bed and my spirit's experiencing this experience. Any vi- any vision that I've had with God, I am not aware of the fact that I've just gone into a vision. It just happens very quickly. I find it interesting that you saw a fairy because I had a fairy expert on about a month or so ago. And then a couple of weeks ago, I had someone who saw fairies during his NDE. So somehow mm-hmm. fairies are starting to manifest into my guests. Can you tell us what the fairy looked like? To be entirely honest with you, I can't. When I have these experiences, I don't always remember the exact physicalities of them. I always seem to really remember how the experience made me feel and how the the knowledge that they've given me from that. I don't seem to be as interested in the physicality of it unless I've gone into a vision seeking to see something or to remember the way that something looks. I just remember the fairy being being very small and having wings. That's all I can remember from. And she was a female as well. And bearing in mind that I didn't really, I'm quite skeptic. I didn't really believe in the elementals and things like that. I just thought they were all stories and fairy tales. So that was very interesting for me to experience. I want to take you back to your NDE. Can you tell us or describe for us what the music sounded like? So it's, how do I describe? It's really hard to describe. Um, It's very, very high pitched, um, very loud. Not like anything I don't think I've ever heard on earth. I've tried to look at angelic music on YouTube and there is some really beautiful angelic music but not at that level. Um, I would say it's like, like almost like a choir of, of angels. I would say it's like angel voices. Not There's not like any instruments or anything with it. Um, incredibly, incredibly beautiful. Maybe I don't like, know how, it's so difficult to describe. It sounds like you're kind of describing like just a choir of angels, but high pitched voices. Not like, you know, beautifully high pitch. It's absolutely perfect. Mm. But I almost think that you have to be at a certain like frequency to be able to hear it because it it, it could be too high if you weren't, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. You also said earlier that you had um, an experience with angels. Do you mm-hmm. remember what yeah. they looked like? 
had quite a few experiences with angels. Um, I can share with you Archangel Metatron, who I've seen and what he looked like. Um, Archangel Metatron, I was in bed. I woke up through the night. I was going through something that was quite challenging at the time. And I really felt like quite depleted and a lot of my power was being taken away from me. And when I rolled over through the night, this Archangel Metatron was by my bed. And of course, I didn't realize it was Archangel Metatron. Um, he was really, really big. Um, he had a white gown on and he had gold around, kind of around the sleeves and things of his gown. He had his hands up in the air like this and he had great big wings, but they were, they were kind of open and up his wings. Now that's the first time that I've seen an angel look like that. Um, I've seen Archangel Michael in the back of my car and he, he presented as human form. And I've also seen my own guardian angel and he presented as human form. So this is the first angel that I've seen that really looked like an angel. Um, mm. And he, um, I didn't realize it was Metrotron until I actually, the next day I Googled angels with the hands in the air and it came up with Archangel Metrotron. And that kind of made perfect sense for what I was going through at that time in my life and the support that I needed. Um, Archangel Metrotron is all about helping with our power um, and what he taught me is that we all have we all have our own power and he helps he was helping me helping to teach me how to use my own power basically can you tell us how you saw archangel michael in the back of your car yeah so that was um not long after i passed my driving test and I wasn't a reckless driver at all, but maybe I was a bit too overconfident. And I, he, I just looked through the mirror of my car and he was sat in the back and he had, I only saw his kind of head, shoulders upwards and he had short curly hair and just quite a straight face. Um, and I only really seen him for a short second. Um, and I guess for me, that was just an intuitive knowing that that was him kind of telling me to be careful with my driving. You were Catholic, I believe, till you were 13. And then I think mm. you stopped being Catholic. But you have seen and or encountered God and you've seen Jesus. So where are you now on your religious spiritual journey? I would say that, you know, all religion is is beautiful, but... I don't know a lot about any religion and um, I wouldn't identify myself as religious. I believe that, I really believe that God loves every single one of us unconditionally and so does Jesus. And I think they teach us in a way that best meets our individual needs. Um, so for some people, God might look a different way or God might communicate with them in a different way to what God has done with me. But I really think he he does that in a way that best meets our individual needs. Um, yeah, that's as far as religion, it's not something. Well, it, after I'd had my experience with Jesus, I did wonder if he was trying to encourage me to go back to religion, which I was quite reluctant to do. Um, but on four separate occasions at three different churches, I did go to a church and every time the church was closed so for me that was I felt like what Jesus was teaching me is that he wasn't trying to encourage me to get back into religion he just wanted to work he wants to work with me as an individual as who I am 
um, and isn't trying to change me into anything else or encourage me into religion or anything. All right. Can you tell us about that other experience that you were going to speak of earlier? In this experience, I had went into a vision and in this vision, I was amongst lots of people and we were running. We were running from, it looked like a tornado, it looked like a natural disaster and lots of buildings were being hit. And the building, the rubble from the buildings was falling down and it was hitting people and there was people to the left of me and there was people to the right of me and they were just dropping like flies they were getting hit by the rubble and I thought to myself I just need to make sure that I don't get hit by the rubble and I will be okay so I was focusing on dodging this rubble and then I some I'd started very slowly floating up to up to the sky and I thought to myself oh I must, I must have died, I thought. Um, and I was, it was very much like that. It was very much like, oh, you know, the rubble must have hit me and I must have died. There wasn't any concern or fear around that. Just as I got, I was floating up and got to the sky, God stopped me and he said to me, if you listen to that feeling inside of you, you will always be okay. And he, he directed me towards my intuition so my intuition, which for me is just under my um, belt, just under my stomach. And then he very slowly started floating me back down to earth. And I remember kind of not being disappointed, but I was oh, in that vision. I was OK with going home. I was OK with with death. And um, so it's kind of like, oh, I have to go back down now. So he very slowly started floating me back down to earth and he put he put me behind um, a large hill or a small mountain. He put me behind there. And then I was then able to help all the people who were running. I was able to direct them to come behind the mountain um, and, and keep them safe. So that was that one. But I, what I learned from that is that, you know, God communicates to us through our intuition, intuition. And that's something that we all have. And God is within every single one of us. I cannot stress this enough. We are never without God. And I, God is like our inner compass guiding us throughout this lifetime. And as long as we are willing to listen, you know, he's always going to help us to make the right choices. He's always going to help to keep us safe and to live a loving, abundant life. Do you think that because of your NDE, you were able to get the ability to have these visions? think so yes I think I believe that they aren't a coincidence I believe that the ND was supposed to happen when it happened and I believe that that somehow helped me to stay connected to source energy and it makes it a lot easier for me to have these visions because you know I don't I they happened to me very naturally and easily so it's not like I I need to work really hard to have the visions and they're just there and available for me. Do you think that you have these visions because God is reaching out to you and trying to help you? Yeah. So I think, you know, the vision where I shared when I was put my hand in God's hand and there was a cell phone, I think that was quite significant. And I believe what he was showing me then is that through my connection with him, he's able to give me knowledge and information about 
him and about the spirit world. And I believe the cell phone signified my role as sharing that information with other people. It's interesting that you said that you believe your NDE was supposed to happen. Do you think you planned this NDE pre-birth? I think so. Yeah, I think it's all a part of my purpose. Yeah. I've had another guest and I think she said that we all plan out our lives and including NDEs. So it's it's interesting to hear that you kind of feel that you plan this NDE. Yeah. Well, I I believe I believe that we all share the same purpose. We're all here um working for God. I believe that we're all we're all we've all got that spark of unconditional God's unconditional love love within us and I would believe the most important purpose is for us to bring God's unconditional love to the world and to share that with everybody I would say that's our primary purpose and I believe that our secondary purpose is kind of what our soul chooses to do while we're here on earth so I guess God would say you know I want you to go to earth and share my love with everybody to help to make earth a better place I suppose and then he says but while you're there you know your soul wants to grow and develop what what else what would you like to do while you're there and then I believe the soul might say well I would like to learn forgiveness or compassion and that's our secondary purpose do you believe in reincarnation I do. Yeah, I'm so open minded. that I kind of believe in everything. So I do believe in reincarnation. Yeah. What inspires you about your NDE? Um, I think my inspiration is that source energy, God, um, the connection to being able to have that connection to that incredible energy. Um, I think I'm so blessed that I haven't got that fear of death anymore. I haven't I haven't got the fear of life. And I think that we forget that. We forget that I didn't realize how many choices I was making in my life based on fear. And I'm so much more aware of that now. And I'm more aware of making choices based on love. And that's not to say that I don't feel fear because sometimes I feel stressed. Sometimes I feel a little bit anxious, but I think through my experiences, through that connection that I now have with that source energy I'm really able to take a step back and reconnect to God within me and to remember that I'm always safe and protected and I'm always okay and that's what my NDE and my visions have have brought into my life. I didn't mention it earlier but you are also an author and your book is Mm -hmm. called A Father's Love. Can you tell Mm -hmm. us a little bit about what your book is about? Yeah, so my book was inspired by um, the passing of my dad, who passed away when I was five years old. He was diagnosed with um, a brainstem tumour and died within a year. Um, And I talk about my continued relationship with dad, even though he's in the spirit world. And I also talk about the relationship and the experiences I've had with my stepdad. So my stepdad passed away five years ago Jeff and I through my dreams I have been able to hug my stepdad and I've been able to have been able to speak to him and hear his voice and so I talk I share those in the book I share experiences I've had with animals in the spirit world I share experiences I've had with angels and I also share the experiences I've had with God and I speak a little bit about the experience I've had with Jesus. Can you give us an example of an experience that you've shared with an animal? Yeah, so, oh gosh, I've got so many. 
I'll share this one because this kind of brings God into it as well. This was another vision that I absolutely love. So I had a bird called Skye. She was a little white finch and she was surrendered to me by a pet shop because she was she was poorly and you know she wasn't profitable so they let me take her and they let me take her mate Sunny and I had to believe in that she would pass away quite quickly but she was able to stay with us for eight months and then she got a tumour and passed away um, within two months of getting the tumour so I had her for 10 months but I really absolutely adored I, abs I love animals and I absolutely adored Skye and when she passed away, she left behind her mate, Sonny. And um, I, the morning after she passed away, I woke up and I was feeling, you know, that kind of nausea. I was grieving. I was feeling that nausea, sicky feeling. And I thought, if I'm feeling like this, how is Sonny feeling waking up this morning without his mate, Sky? And I went into a vision. And in this vision, I saw Sonny wake up in the morning and go to his food bowl. Now in the morning, Sky used to always go to the food bowl first and Sonny would wait and let her get her breakfast. And he, um, he went to the food bowl and I could feel his confusion around the fact that his mate wasn't there, but I could see Sky in the cage and she was hopping from perch to perch and she was full of life. And I've never, I've never seen her so full of life because she was sick when I got her, but she was full of energy and very much there. Um, so that was really beautiful that I was able to see that. Sunny, unfortunately, wasn't aware of her being there. So I think for whatever reason, that experience was meant for me and not Sunny, because I know that some animals can see other animals in the spirit world as well. Um, and then I had another experience with Sky, and this was about... Um, Three or four weeks later, um, I was, it was first thing in the morning, my partner was getting up to go to work and I decided to relax in bed. I find that when I relax in bed and choose to go into a vision or ask to go into a vision in the morning, I see it seems to happen a lot um, easier for me in the morning. So I, I don't know if that's just because I haven't eaten or drank, but I guess just a bit of advice for anybody else who's interested in, in giving those things a go. Um, so I had was laying in bed and I was thinking, you know, I wonder where Sky is. And I said to God, I said, can you can you show me where Sky is? And I could feel myself going into a vision. And then I could see a white barn owl. And I thought to myself, well, if I follow that, if I walk towards that white barn owl, maybe I will be able to see where Sky is. And I was walking and then I found myself on a, on a really long winding path that seemed to have no end. And I looked to the right of me and there was, it was the greenest grass you've ever seen. It was full of life and vitality. It was really beautiful grass. And on the grass was three brown cows. And one of the brown cows had bells around her neck and they were busy doing their own thing. And this barn owl was in the distance. And I was just amazed by this place that I was in. It was so beautiful and bright. And I said out loud, thank you, God, for allowing me to see this place. And as I said that, the barn owl and the brown cows all looked, looked at me and they gave me this really funny look, like, what are you doing here? You're not supposed to be here. And then I felt God in, 
in my, at the pit of my stomach, really, I guess my intuition area, I felt God say very strongly to me, stop. But I got quite cheeky and curious and I decided I was going to walk a couple more steps forward and I did. And as I'd done that, I really got this strong feeling that I wasn't allowed to go any further. So I turned round and tried to walk back. But I found it quite difficult to get back to where I was. I felt like there was an energy pushing against me. So I had to almost pull myself back to where I was. And then I found myself back in my bedroom. So I believe I didn't see Sky then, but I do believe that perhaps that was her heaven or my heaven. And that's where Sky is. All right. Do you have a website or anything? And um, so I have got, I've got a blog, daretobeme.org. I don't tend to go on it very much. Every so often I'll put um, a blog up. I've just put one up recently. So um, I've got that one. If people want to reach out to you and ask you questions, are you open to that? And if so, yeah, absolutely. How, how can they reach you? So they can reach me through my Facebook account. Um, and that's Anne Shelley Howe. That's A-N-N-E-S-H-E-L-L-E-Y-H-O-U-G-H. Um, there, there's also um, my book as well, um, A Father's Love, which I think you mentioned before, and that's available on Amazon. Okay. Um, but yeah, I'm more than happy for anybody to ask me any questions. I love it when people ask me questions because I learn through that as well. What plans do you have for the future? So I'd love to write a second book. I would love to talk more about my experiences. Um, I do think this is just the beginning for me. I think the more that I'm open about my experiences, the more that I will have. And I do believe that I'm supposed to share my experiences. So I will share them with people who are interested in, in knowing about them. All right. Well, before we finish up, can you leave us with one last positive message? One last positive message. I think what I would say is just to remind everybody that we are all God's gift to this world. Every single person on this planet is a gift from God has given us as a gift to this world. We are all God's love at work in the world. Um, and I just think that's absolutely incredible. And I would just remind people to try to listen to their intuition, try to listen to God within them um, and try to be, be true to themselves because I think we tend to get caught up in other people's journey and working towards the person we think other people we want to be. We can get really lost in that. So remember who you are and be true to yourself. And if you can do that, then life is going to reward you tenfold. And thank you for that message and joining us today. I appreciate you and I wish you a great rest of your evening. Thank you. Thanks for watching the Jeff Mara podcast. I really appreciate you. Another way to show support is through YouTube memberships. And if you do, there are loyalty badges and other perks depending on your level of membership. All you need to do is click the join button underneath the video to find out more. Thank you for your support.